it's it's called pivot mm -hmm. so it's just all about adapting pivoting adjusting mm -hmm. um, your business model and sort of navigating that through through covid through covid do you want to just chat we'll we'll just chat you just you just <laughs> lock it all up my name is Matt Lakishia. I'm the principal owner of four Ray White offices, plus a co-director in Living Here Cush Partners, which is a property management business across Brisbane. From Poly Studios, I'm Billy O'Donnell. This is Pivot. So take me back to the first couple of weeks of March. COVID's just sort of breaking out. Where were you when you kind of found out and was there one moment where you just sort of took it all in? Great question. So yes, when COVID hit, it was, it was sort of, it came really slowly. We started to see the impact of Asia, um, what was happening over there. It was very uncertain of, of what, was, what was coming. So to give you a little bit of context, so the first two weeks of COVID-19 were by far my most two difficult weeks in real estate. So even harder than my first two weeks of actually starting real estate. And why I mean that is because I had 27 and a half, or I had $35 million worth of property under contract at that point of time, uh, and 27 and a half million went into dispute overnight. And then it, uh, the, the, the most, probably the, the, the bit that really when the penny dropped was when they went on, I was dealing with a buyer on a big property, 10 million plus, ready to put an offer on. And he said, look, as soon as this turns into a pandemic is when I'm out. And front page Courier Mail Monday morning pandemic. And I was like, wow, what is going on here? Uncertainty. You know, people still didn't understand. There was all the, the fake text messages going around about lockdowns coming. Um, and every single contract that I was negotiated, that I had negotiated, is it was just a blow after blow after blow. This podcast is sponsored by Police Studios. Everyone has an idea for a podcast, and now you can make that dream a reality. Go to polystudios.com.au for more information. Of that $27.5 million um, that went into dispute, every single one of those properties has ended up selling and settling. So, um, which is a huge accomplishment for me. Like I've never worked as hard as I've worked in those two weeks. Um, I've never had so much stress as I've had in those two weeks. Um, I've got three young kids, a beautiful wife at home. And my first reaction to it when it happened was I gave my wife and my three kids a kiss and I said, I'll see you in three months time. So it got pretty serious. And you know, that's just a- And how is how realistic was that? Did you have quite a lot of extended time away from your family? Oh, I was like in the office, like, and if I wasn't in the office, I was on the phone. Like we, we did a shutdown as well. And um, having three young kids at home, it, it made it physically impossible for me to work at home. I've got three energetic kids. All they want to do is hang out with dad and how fun's this? And um, so I couldn't do it. I needed to be completely focused. No one was in the office. It was all shut down. So that was my opportunity to have full office floor to be able to do what I needed to do to get through it. And it was, um, oh, look, it, I've learned some incredible lessons. What I found out pretty quickly was, yes, there were a lot of people that were losing money, but there were also a lot of people that had a war chest that were ready to go. Um, and, you know, in some cases, we just had to find a way to find people that wanted to transact real estate. So to give you some clarity, like, and it was... You'd, we just went back to doing 
what real estate agents used to have to do before technology. <laughs> like, and, and that's what we should be doing. And this is what I'm continuing to do, the private inspections, the qualification process. You know, talking to a vendor, asking them, what price do you want? Well, if you're 20% over the market, it's going to be a waste of time. Like, like let's, I want to deal with people that want to sell and people that want to buy. That's it. And will you take that into your business post-COVID? Already have, yeah. So we're, we're coming out. Like we, so to give you an idea from, from COVID starting to now, so we had, eight, we had April, which was we were down 46%, uh, which I think is consistent with pretty much everyone across the board. Um, but our May, we've just closed out May, and we are $6 million ahead of where we were in May 19. So it's, we've adapted really quickly. Um, we've learned what we need to do to transact property um, and it's just working. It's, we've come out of the other end. Um, obviously, JobKeeper, JobSeeker, all of those things have been an absolute godsend. We've got 125 staff across our group, 70 full-time. Um, yep. So that's been a big win for us. We haven't had to, um, uh, to let anyone go, which has been a thing we've actually employed through COVID. So it's... Um, How was that dealing with that volume of staff having to manage during that time were you getting phone calls or texts from your employees oh yeah well no well they didn't have to because we got to them first so you know we we were in the front line of you know we were my business partner hazley and i were making sure that we were current with everything that's happening so you know restrictions what's the plan you know and look we went into that stress period about shit what are we going to do about staff but the great thing about our business and particularly hazley my business partner he's um an old Irish tight ass and so he runs our business as if COVID-19 is coming every every day of the year we say Armageddon but you know so we were ready for it so our balance sheet's really strong we don't have much debt we're everything's you know we're a safe business um, and you know we don't go out and overextend ourselves and do all these things because we want to have an environment so if something like this happens everyone's safe um, and so when all of the things were happening our first part to the team was when real estate businesses were closing down, people were getting sacked. Everyone was getting let off. They were getting 20% reductions of their wages. We didn't do that. We went the other way. We said, you're safe. This is what we're going to do. This is our plan. This is how we're going to handle it. No, we, we, we would be fine not to make one sale for, for a year and everyone would still have their job. So that was a really important message for us to share with our people. Um, and, you know, that's safe safety and comfort um and we're really proud of that that's one of the biggest things that we're really proud of that we have a business that whether it's a gfc whether it's COVID 19 whether it's whatever um we're safe um and that that's a really good feeling for and i know that if i was a, a an agent working for a business that's that's a huge thing you know safety because you know i've just seen so much so many people lose their jobs so many business closed they must run really tight or pull out too many dividends and all of those things. And, you know, I, I bank with Macquarie and Macquarie's telling me get ready to buy up rent rolls and we're ready. Like, so we know businesses that are about to implode now because they're so highly geared. We don't have any debt. Uh, we got a big rent roll, you know, over, over 1,250 properties. So, um, <clears throat> but secondly to that as well is we were really in tune with the restrictions and what the government was, was doing and we were at the forefront of abiding by all of that. 
So the social distancing, we made sure we closed down our office before everyone closed down their offices. We made we, we did a test run just in case. Remember when the lockdown was about to happen or they were talking about that? So we did test runs. So we got our IT and we made sure that everyone was able to have the ability to work from home. Um, and so we made sure our IT people had everyone set up. If everyone had issues with their IT, we would make sure that they could do it because what we wanted to do was give a, a, a platform for everyone so they could still trade real estate, whether or not the office was open or not. Um, so we, were, we heavily invested in all of that. Um, we also um, doubled down on training. So, so we've gone and so every single day, and this is testament to Hazley, my business partner. So every single morning um, since COVID-19, we do a morning session and an afternoon session every single day. So twice a day. So the morning sessions were sort of half an hour. We talked about, you know, the restrictions, what we need to do, how we abide by government legislation, what we'll do if there's a lockdown. Um, and we upskilled everyone. So interestingly, this is like my my favourite part of the COVID. My favourite story is I had a client who we were getting ready for a shutdown and he's like, should we wait or not? And I'm a big believer real estate's a today business. And we decided to, it went back to private inspections only. Um, and we were sh not sure whether a lockdown was going to happen. And it was a property number 19 Blakey Street in, in um, Hendra. And I said, I brought the, the, the property forward two weeks rather than waiting two weeks. And I said, mate, let's go. If we get shut down, we get shut down. But we've got to go now. So we decided we listed it. We had um, 10 inquiries on the first day it was listed. It was a great property. Um, a gentleman from Sydney called me, uh, did a FaceTime viewing of the property, sold it for ca cash on conditional offer, $2 million that, that afternoon. He did a two-week settlement. So the property actually sold and settled before we went to launch in two weeks from that. And that was a really good message for the team. And I so I did a training session. Okay, who here thinks that they can't sell a property, any property on FaceTime? If you don't and you can't, then you need to upskill yourself or get out of the industry because this is going to be the new way we're potentially going to move forward. And so we upskilled ourselves on all that. We did training on how to sell, how to get virtual tours done, how to do suburb tours, how to sell a property. So we started by setting in different strategies around, okay, the first step is qualification. Are they a buyer? Have they got their finance sorted? Are they ready to go? Second is send them a virtual tour of the area, do a tour of the area yourself and show them on FaceTime and then also do a property inspection via FaceTime. If they tick all those boxes, then you get them through for a private inspection. So it was like hardcore. So we went from going from doing opens where we'd have 30, 40 people through an open to doing a full process, a three-step transition to get them to get to a private inspection. So it's pretty crazy, it was, but it, it made me learn so many new lessons and it's, it's, it's made me adapt and do the things that I probably got a little bit lazy on um, pre-COVID. Okay. The word proactive just keeps coming to mind. Just everything you do is you're not reactive. How hard was it to keep that structure and proactivity in a reactive environment? Um, it's a good question. I see, I, I'm wired a little bit differently um, and I don't know what it is, but when I see something like COVID-19, I see opportunity. So, and what I mean by that is that when, my, when I started to have a run at it back in the day, GFC was the best thing that happened to me because all of the gun agents 
that were, you know, it was just happening. They, would, they became ticket takers. Like effectively, you know, a buyer would come through, they'd offer, a, all they would do is sign a contract and deal done. Um, and then when, when GFC hit, it was total opposite. So all of the agents that were at the top of their game became super lazy and they got a bit negative and they didn't accept that the market condition, conditions had changed. And this is the biggest thing about it. And this is what we were trying to, to tell our team is that you need to accept what's happening because it's, it's a big, big transition. I see it as opportunity to find a way. And so we had to find a way to, okay, these are the, our limitations. We've got restrictions on this. So how are we going to find, are there, are there going to be buyers out there that they still want to buy? And what I found was that of 100%. Now for about a minute here, Matt is listing off a bunch of percentages. Down to about 30% of the market was still in the market, right? So we lost 70% of buyers overnight. Of that and look at me. I can't keep up. I'm staring at him, nodding my head. I like but I oh, cannot keep up with this maths. Oh yeah, I'd buy that, but I'll give you two, two million. So opportunistic. So get rid of them, get rid of the 70%, but of that, you know, that 100% of the 80% of the 30%. Now, despite my nodding and my yeps, I definitely couldn't keep up with Matt's maths. But what I got away from this is that Matt became an absolute master of qualifying his leads and ruled out anyone not ready to transact real estate. And we found out that there's still people that want to buy, there's still people that want to sell, and we just continued to go. So it wasn't about being proactive. It, well, you have to be proactive. It was more about actually accepting that the market conditions had changed and to be proactive around the activities you do to get it. And well, I reckon 90% of agents fell asleep and took it as an opportunity. And if I, I keep hearing oh, I found COVID such a good opportunity to reconnect with my family. And, you know, we, we spent so much time at home because the market shit. So we just sat at home and, you know, it was really great. And it was like, mate, while you're sitting at home, I've just sold $12 million worth of property. And now that you're just waking up to it, you're behind the eight ball. So we've now progressed. For, uh, we had a bigger month in May than we had in 2019. So just find a way, find a way. It's awesome. That positive mindset you have, was it hard to be empathetic towards other people who weren't doing so well? Because I noticed um, a video you put out, I think it was April 6th, it had a really good tone of voice because you were sort of showing the success you'd had and showed a lot of confidence, but also were very real with the circumstances of COVID. I'm Matt Lancashire, and this is not going to be my usual market update. It's fair to say there's a lot happening in the world at the moment. There's a lot of uncertainty, but I wanted to share with you and give you a little bit of an insight. How hard was it to kind of dive into what people are going through without letting that affect your opportunistic mindset? It's a great, it's a really good question because I have this 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 conversation with. Um, my business partner all the time so there's a fine balance right so i i copped like I've, i work pretty hard on my social media presence and um and that video was we we did that for that reason so i'm glad you picked it up because it was you know should you stop doing the sales that you're selling because we're still selling like you know or and be empathetic to the people that that have lost their job or can't trade 
And it's, 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 it's a balance that I don't think I'll ever get right. And such a good conversation. I had a, an email from a very good client of mine that said, um, hey, mate, um, congrats on the sale. However, I think your timing's poor on your, and your execution of it's poor. And I thought about it for a second. I thought, you know what? Like, maybe it is. But I had about another 10 people write, congratulations, that's awesome. Keep the positive vibes going. And then I had the ones that had actually lost jobs or can't trade come and, you know, bit of... Um, tall poppy tall, syndrome. Yeah, or just... It's just a fine line and one I don't think I'll ever get right and I don't think you ever will. And if you're in a in an industry where, you know, interestingly enough, like I'll go to an open home and I'm not arrogant enough to think that as soon as I get to the front door of an open home, 50% of them already think I'm a dickhead because they hate real estate agents. <laughs> I um, Look, it's, it's a hard, hard, hard thing. And with COVID, you had to be so careful that you balanced it right. And, and thank you for making that comment because I, I thought about it. Like, mm. you know, life must go on. The and wheels must keep, keep spinning. spinning. I think even like your posture, sitting down, it was a very lowly, humble uh, your tone of voice, it, it was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought thanks, it was, it was no, that's really good. well done. Be- because look, the economy has to keep going. Like people, and and this is this is the one thing someone said to me, they, they hung shit on me because I sold a property for over 13 million and put it out there and they said, poor timing. And um, I said to th- this lady wrote on this like thing, you know, the timing's ex- the execution of it's really really poor and blah 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 and you know i think it's bad taste and unsubscribe me from your email and so i went to the database and searched her and found out I, i've got a number so i rang her and i said hey I'm, I'm really sorry if i've offended you it's um you know it's something i take really seriously i'm trying to manage it really well but you know the wheels must keep spinning and you know and she goes oh but it's just you know a real estate thing it's it's crap it's like you know it's not it's not good and i said oh do you mind if i ask you know what what you do and she said oh we're a medical family and i said so because you're a medical family and you can still work but if we can't work and we can't do it because i'm a real estate agent that makes a difference and it was like and she goes i said look i've still got a, i've got a family i've got 125 staff we've got to still feed everyone we've still got to do all these things like but does it make it any because i'm doing that make it any different to any other industry and look and i, I in in retrospect i don't know why I wanted to talk to her and she was fine about it at the end. But I, I don't know. I just think it's – I think you can't win either way. So I don't know. So I want to talk about building trust because real estate is a trust industry. How hard was it to build trust when you're on FaceTime and Zoom and getting a lot less face-to-face interaction? Oh, it's a really good question. So it's – um. Look, you mean with with clients and buyers and yep. everything? Um, look, I think the the key from the start is look, trust is everything. Like trust is everything in any industry, whether it's real estate, whether it's you know what you guys do, whether it's cars, whether it's doctors, whatever. And I think the uh, when through COVID is people went to people that they thought could trust. look it just comes down to the conversations you have so i think i went really hard on facetime i went really hard on 
you know, every meeting that I'd have would be on FaceTime. And I never used to do that. Like I'd always be a phone call person or a face-to-face. Um, and so I just think that connectivity between FaceTime and actually seeing their face and spending the time, like it's, um, I, I'm heavily researched on, um, you know, I spend a lot of my, my time reading, listening, um, talking to people, talking to all people in different industries. So that first week of COVID going back to it, you know, apart from spending, you know, six hours on the phone with, um, uh, Chris and Trent from MSJA every single day. Um, I'd be calling people in different industries. You know, I'd be calling my mates from commercial. I'd be calling my mates from that are valuers. Be calling, you know, my banker, all of these people to find out what they're sort of doing. And I'm continuing to do that and always learning. Yep. Um, and you build trust through um, having candid conversations and educated candid candid conversations. So yep. it's like for me, it's um, you know how I build trust with someone really quickly is I do a lot of research. So I had a client who was a miner a few years ago, and um, you know, I, I did a big research on him before I went to meet him for a presentation. And so I knew everything about what he's done, everything about, you know, where he's been, his history. And there was an article I found on what his favourite mineral mineral was to mine. Um, and so be heavily pre- prepared for that meeting and was able to sit down in this conversation yep. knowing the background. And, you know, I did a bit of research on, you know, mining. Not a lot to that I'm an expert, but enough to have a conversation. So... I'm an expert at real estate, so I make sure I know everything. So I pass on information to people so they yep. can make educated decisions based on what I'm telling them. And I don't lie. Like, you know, it is what it is. If they said to me, oh, Matt, is it the greatest time of all time to buy now today? It's like, I, I, I don't know, maybe. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. But yep. my thought is for the X, Y, and Z, I think it's a great time to buy. But, you know, you, you need to make the decision. And I think by having those conversations... Um, and honest conversations, it builds trust really quickly. Um, and then also getting good information that they request quickly. So fast, you know, as soon as you do things really fast, everything that we do is urgent. So it's like getting them information, they ask for something urgent. Um, and also with, um, say for example, just with my, uh, with the stock that I've currently got, my, um, my education around everything is like no one would know more about my market than what I do. So if they ask me about a seller, uh, a sale that happened, I'd know the the frontage, the square meterage, I'd know the size of the house, even if it's not my listing. I'd know who bought it, who who was a seller, everything about it. And with the product, my product knowledge is 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 amazing. So I had a buyer come through on the weekend and said, um, you know, can you just send me what the floors and this are? Just send it to me. I, you know, you can talk to me about what I want to send. And I've got a, a note in my diary that I walk through the with the owner before and copy down everything. Okay, what stone's that? What's this? What's that? So I've got in my notes, two seconds, send it across to um to a buyer. So I make sure that everything that I do is at the highest level and that builds trust. This podcast is sponsored by Police Studios. Everyone has an idea for a podcast and now you can make that dream a reality. Go to polystudios.com.au for more information. On that that sort of mindset of just being innovative, doing something new and just being on the forefront of innovation all the time, is that something that mindset also goes into your business as well? And if it is, how much time do you devote to forward thinking? Because it doesn't just happen and... I just know everything you've said is about proactivity. Super practical for business owners. 
how much time should they be spending to just stop, think forward, be proactive, innovative? Yep. Heaps. So that's 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 one of my parts of. Um, so I've got a few different skill sets throughout the business. So one selling uh, and managing the salespeople. Um, and then uh, as a group, we've got a value team, which we run, which is all of our administrators. So we catch up once a week um, on a Thursday. Then I have a meeting with my business partner, our group manager on a Friday. And we talk about all of that. So we talk about what things can we do. So at the moment, we're um, on a big recruitment how many How many hours is that, that meeting? Oh, just to get super Oh, they're, that, they're, they're two and a half hours a week based on just purely that, you know, what we're seeing, how we can evolve, what we can do. So, you know, for example, um, COVID, right? People can't be together. They're not in the office. So I've just now started this June Power Series. So I've got all of my connections. So we've got eight speakers. Like literally, it's a better lineup than Eric. So it's like every single one of my mates that I'm friends with across Australia um, are doing like a 45-minute power session. So we're calling it June Power Series. And that's just a pump up, you know, we're doing competitions. Like one of the one of the things I created a few years ago, which was epic, was it was called the Ultimate Agent. And it was uh, it was based on, you know, like um, uh, the, the Apprentice and all of those things. But it was a group team thing where it was prizes every month, the three month competition. And it was just a KPI driven thing. And we made it, we got all the best videos around. Like, and it was just a real, everyone was engaged, the winning team. Uh, went down, got a bus from Brisbane, you know, the party bus with the poles and all that sort of thing. Down, I don't, but I you don't know that? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, it's pretty good. Um, and to rickshaws and a big lunch and, you know, then yeah. back. To, so just all about creating a great team culture, but then also getting them focused on the activities that they should be doing. Um, so little things like that. So for business owners, what are the questions they should be asking themselves to find out what their lane is? So so that they can decide what to say yes to and what to say no to. Yeah, okay. So most business owners, they know generally what they're good at and what they're not good at. Um, and we found, like, I know, I know everything that I'm not good at. Like, and it's, um, so what I decide to do is punt the, punt the weaknesses if I can't improve on it. So we've also got business coaches. Oh, you have to get a business coach. If you don't have a business coach, it's a sounding board as, and they will tell you if you're shit at something. And if they don't and they just fluff you up. Is that internal or external? External. Okay. Yeah. So Emery O'Brien is my business coach. So interestingly, like, and this is, I don't want to divert from your question, but um, so COVID-19, right? Yep. So while people are sitting at home going, oh, I'm reconnecting with my family and doing all these things and uh, saying that the, that the market's, you know, shit and whatnot. So I've gone and re-engaged with my business coach again. I said, Emery, I need to see you for two hours every single week. So I'm seeing her today uh, at 12.45. And we're getting down to the nuts and bolts of what we need to do. And that's not just a, a sales perspective. It's a mindset perspective because sometimes like there's days where I go from literally in that week, the first two weeks, I went from the heights of exhilaration to the depths of depression in the matter of 35 seconds, literally. Yep. And you need someone to like, and you know, I'm lucky I've got Hazley and I'm pretty self-motivated anyway. Um, but you need someone to call you on the things like a bird's eye perspective. Hard conversations. Absolutely. And it's like, and most people don't survey their team. Like they might think they're killing it at something until you get a survey, you know, and survey anonymous surveys are the best. That's awesome. Are the best. So to a business owner, 
who thinks that, you know, they've got everything going on. Survey your team. You know, write down a list of all the things that you want to do, um, all the things that you sort of should do and need to do and work out what parts you can outsource. Because if, like, for example, like for a real estate agent, if they're not good at prospecting, they need to either upskill themselves to get good at it because the longevity is not going to get there or outsource it. But outsourcing it is a weak way of, of, of sort of just to try to get ahead. Until you've tried to upskill yourself. You need to, number one, upskill yourself. Like, you know, I've done every year, Hazley and I, we do, we commit to one uh, week away where we do something for learning. So we do Harvard Business Course every year, um, which is pretty intense wow. uh, with Dr. Boris. Um, In one week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but it's when they come to Sydney. So it's right. not the, the Boston one. It's, uh, I want to do the Boston one. Yep. Um, but it's, um, we, we commit to that every year. We commit to doing, you know, uh, all elite business trips as well. So we go and we're upskilling all the time. I go to every ARIC, you know, and, and ARIC is like one of those things that I love it. It's like the, you know, ARIC, it's the real estate conference for Australia. So it's like, I know of it. So Never been. when it was literally, when it was in the, it's on the Gold Coast. Um, but you get 5,000 real estate. It's like the worst. It's like in one room. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, big dick swinging contest. Absolutely, yeah. It's, um, but the great thing is you go to it because you're getting the best real estate minds. And I go there and I so I'll sit there. I'll just sit in my spot. I'll, you know, I don't go out the front or anything. I just sit in there and I'll just tick, tick, doing that, doing that, doing that. That's a good idea. Implement that. And I'll write a plan to implement it. So for a business owner, if they're not doing that, and they just think that they're just getting by. Like, you know the business owners that are going well. Like, you know, we can see throughout Ray White Group, the ones that have been doing it for too long and they're still doing the shit they were doing 20 years ago, going down. You see the younger pro, pro um, progressive businesses going up. And so our goal um, in uh, what we're doing is... It's continuous is, learning. Oh, yeah. And it's not to be number one. It's to give the opportunity to our people to grow and do be the best that they can be. That was episode one of Pivot with Matt Lancashire. This conversation actually went for an hour and 20 minutes and Matt shared a bunch more information about how he runs his business behind the scenes. If you would like the full audio to this conversation, feel free to email us at hello at polystudios.com.au or visit our website, polystudios.com.au.